Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. It's uh, day two of the Ian incarceration. Ian is, uh, well, he's, he's not here this evening simply because um, he's in jail. So we're not going to talk about that tonight. If you if you want to hear more about that, uh, you, you'll have to uh, tune into the uh, you know the Friday night podcast that's uh, available at freetalklive.com. But um, it's a show about your co- it's, it's a show about your call. So call in at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But uh, you know while we're waiting for calls, we tend to talk about some things that we find. And uh, it's Mark here with you. And it is guard. My mistake. I pushed the wrong microphone button. Sitting in for the no longer free talk live, Ian. You can tell it's amateurs on a Saturday night. Uh, I mean, normally Ian, uh, you know, is handling the board, and I'm sitting over there in the the number two seat. I'm in the mark seat right yeah. now. Thanks yeah. for letting me come in, Mark. This is a very, uh, as they say in the uh, Asian curse, interesting time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a. Yeah, I, I want to live in interesting times. Right. But let's friend. go on with this story here. This is sort of a story about unintended consequences because you know that politicians they know exactly what to do with your life absolutely if they didn't it wouldn't you know they wouldn't be able to pass all these laws that you know suggest how you must live your life and that's, uh, uh, that's it that's why i elect them to tell my neighbors how to run their lives right and, and you know all of because neighbors are too stupid to know absolutely. what they, they how they should live their own lives i have contempt for them Isn't yeah that great? <laughs> and uh, that's really how freedom goes like that's freedom the modus operandi everybody thing. knows that they could handle their own life it's those other people that's right and, you know, I, I, I certainly understand there's plenty of ways that people live their lives that I don't like, but, hmm, let's take a look here. Right. Nebraska officials said they're concerned that about a, an apparent rush by parents to drop their teenage children off at hospitals before the lawmakers changed the state's troubled safe haven law. The latest case came from uh, the day before the state lex- uh, legislature kicked off a special session to add an age limit to the law. So this law allows people to drop off their children at, uh, you know, fire departments, schools, hospitals, places like that, with no repercussions to themselves. I think the idea was, you know, that young teenage mother who just can't take care of their baby, rather than them tossing it at a dumpster, Mm -hmm. they'd drop it off at a fire station. Right, right. Now I want to see seem cavalier about infanticide Mm -hmm. here. I I have one at my house, and gosh, I like him a lot. (laughs) I mean, I don't... I think my infant is fabulous. Yeah. However, the idea that it's a um, you know it's a, it's a miracle or it's unusual is is really overblown. There's seven almost seven billion people on this uh, hunk of dirt, and uh, they're breeding like bunnies. <laughs> um, so I'm not I'm not saying that not every infant isn't special and unique. They're each snowflakes. I learned that in kindergarten. I yes, know it's true. Absolutely. And I believe that those infants have the right to life. Mm-hmm. However, I. I think that these laws kind of muddy the waters and make things harder, not easier. Let me go on. On Thursday, a boy, 14, and his 17-year-old sister were dropped off at an Omaha hospital. The girl ran away from the hospital, officials said. A 5-year-old boy was left by his mother at a different hospital. The day before, a father flew in from Miami, Florida. They're flying in from other states, Gardner, to drop their children off in Nebraska. So, and, and we're saying drop them off, and essentially they're saying discard their children. Discard their to, children in Nebraska. To yes. Break the bonds of parenthood. Yep. All right. Um, so, Governor Dave Heineman, this is hilarious. Governor Dave Heineman, Heineman, um, 
please don't. He's, he's I'm glad you're saying, adding that extra syllable yeah, there. Heim, like Hyman? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no. He <laughs> says, is, he's quoted here as, please don't bring your teenager to Nebraska. Think of what you're saying. You're saying that you no longer support them, that you no longer love them. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he's got people dropping his teen the teenagers off of the state. So Nebraska's safe haven law was intended to allow parents to hand over an infant anonymously to a hospital without being prosecuted. Of the 34 children that have been dropped off at hospitals, officials said not one of them has been an infant. All but six have been older than 10 because nobody wants those darn teenagers around anyway. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever sort of g good feeling and feedback you got, that, that crap was over when they learned to speak. Okay. <laughs> According to Nebraska Department of Health and Human Service Analysis, state officials said that because of legislative procedures, it will take at least a week to change the language of the safe haven law, creating a window for more parents to fly in and take advantage of the loophole in the statute. <laughs> okay, so I'm not saying that I think parents should drop their kids off, and I'm, I'm not saying that I think that children are, are horrible beings that, that need to be dropped off by their parents. What I'm trying to say here is that We've created this whole mess. We being uh, Americans have allowed the legislators to do that. If this 14-year-old boy was allowed to go get a job and work on his own, he wouldn't be the burden to his, uh, I think that was the father that dropped it off, anyway, to his family that he obviously currently is now. For some reason, his fa the family wants to get rid of the 14-year-old boy. Mm. There was a time in this nation... Now, try to try to take your away out of your mind the preconceptions that you have about you know childhood and rearing and you know all those things now imagine a time before when having children was an asset you wanted to have them so that they could work and uh you know provide for the family i i've heard many stories about children in their you know mid and early teens supporting younger siblings you know going out and getting jobs lying about their ages in order to do so those days are over yeah, it's it, it's just not going to happen. Now, your, your child's going to if if for some reason they you know say both parents die, uh, the, the older sibling isn't going to be able to take care of the younger sibling. They're going to be sent off to foster homes. They'll be lucky to be together. Um, uh, you know they're, they're going to be in uh, you know some kind of ward of the state. All kinds of terrible things happen in those uh, situations. Uh, there's all there's brutality. They're, they're they're not much better than prisons. And I'm not saying foster homes. There's some great foster parents out there. There's some really crappy ones too. Yeah. But these institutions, these state institutions, they're you know not much better than prison. And things that happen in prison happen there. It's. It's really unfortunate, and a kid can't have their freedom. This 14-year-old can't go out and get a job. Why? Because we passed laws. Now, That's I'm not right. saying that every 14-year-old, that we need to have 14-year-olds in canning factories getting their fingers lopped off like they saw in the jungle, which, by the way, Upton Sinclair's book has been, you know, kind of shown to be inaccurate in some ways. Yeah. However, I do think that a young person should be able to go to work. I do think they should be able to get a job. I started working at 12 years old. Yeah. Now, I'll admit that I was putting in there's 18, probably 18 hours a week. Um, I'll admit that I was doing it not necessarily for cash. I was doing it for, for trade, for comic books. And at 12 years old, I probably wasn't doing much except putting comics in alphabetical order and yeah, that kind of thing. You see, you created your own sweatshop there. Yep. That child labor's got to be stopped. Well, there was we the, can't have that. Sort there was of thing. the shock collar. I mean, do you think that qualifies? <laughs> Uh, the boss, but, the boss you know, had Mark, a bullwhip and some chaps. I, I seem to remember when uh, hearing about this when this was extant, when this law, and it's still extant, but yeah. I, either when they adopted it 
or I don't know if it's an older law, but I seem to remember something about this law a couple years ago or a year ago that they were going to be opening up this thing or they had passed this thing. And one of the things that strikes me about this is, okay, look, if you're going to be operating under the government state paradigm, you're going to be coming up with certain rules about parenthood, uh, evidently. And it just depends whether you're the liberal type or the conservative type as to how much you need the state to protect children. Right. And how much that, therefore, correlates into force on parents. Uh, Do we then corral all parents and make them all treat their kids the exact same way? And, of course, then you've got the child labor laws. One of the things that strikes me on this thing is, there's another aspect to it. What if you get people coming in from out of state with kids who are real problems that they can't change just through behavioral activities, such as kids who are uh, mildly or severely retarded, uh, kids who are very heavy burdens because of physical problems that they can't overcome? Uh, it's unlikely, but you could see some parents going in and say, look, this is our alternative. This is the way to get out. And it, it's, it's likely. It's, it's very a very likely. tricky situation. So, you know, what they're doing is they're placing these kids into other people's hands. All right, if you had a private system where people could try to do something for some sort of a profit motive to try to handle their kids, to try to do something for their kids, there would be a whole different way to look at this thing than if you have the government situation that has a one-size-fits-all policy. 1-800-259-9231. Do you think that children shouldn't be allowed to work? Do you think the children should be forced to go to school until they're 18 years old? Do you have any other ideas on how people should be forced to raise their kids? Give me a call at 1-800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Call in about anything you want. We're live this Saturday night. This isn't some kind of recorded show like, well, you expect to get on a Saturday night. This one's live. We're on uh, 44 stations coast to coast. The number is 800-259-9231. My name's Mark. And I'm Guard. Yeah, Guard uh, sitting in for Ian. Who's sitting in jail? Sitting on the dock of the bay. Yeah, if the dock of the bay is some kind of cotton jail. Uh, Yes, indeed. Uh, It was very interesting to listen to you guys last night. Of course, we're uh, on the the largest audience uh, tonight, so uh, people are unaware. Ian has been... uh, thrown a big boomerang in his uh, in his life here as this uh, battle against some of the local code for, enforcement for people brought He's... him to court <laughs> and it looked like the court if you go to freekeen.com it looked like the court was all ready to have him all set to get contempt of court charges so he will be in the slammer for a while yep. for not harming anyone. And Mark, last night, before we get back to the subject that you brought up at the opening, last night you brought up, I thought, a very interesting point that I hope people will, will remember. He is being incarcerated after having harmed no one. That's correct. And, uh, you know, it, it, it seemed obvious there was a railroad uh, attempt to me. If you want to see it, you can go to freekeen.com, see the video. We talked about it in depth last night. You can go to freetalklive.com and get the pod- podcast, and you can hear all the facts if yes, you sir. Care, care about it. But uh, until then, let's uh, let's talk about that. Uh, you said you had a story there on uh, um, Obama. Oh, yes, yes. Um, 
Uh, over at the Repairman Jack website, actually, uh, there's a, a bunch of great people there. That's the F. Paul Wilson website, mm-hmm. and, and they have a political section there where people post stories. And there was a story from Comcast News posted by a woman who goes by the name of Webby. And uh, very interesting. Uh, this one comes Comcast News, Dateline, Washington, Tuesday, November 11th. President-elect Obama, for all those people who are still having withdrawal from the election adrenaline charge, as those of us who could care less about either one of those guys, just thumbed our middle digits and said, I'm sorry, I'll believe in freedom. Um, <laughs> President-elect Obama's advisors are crafting plans to close the, close the Guantanamo Bay prison and prosecute terrorism suspects in the U.S., And I think this is the first time I can actually say, you know what, I wondered whether Obama might actually be a little bit better on civil liberties. Of course, those who understand freedom understand that the so-called civil liberties and economic liberties are one and the same, but we can get to that some other time. Yeah, Um, that gets a little deep for some folks. It's uh, it's very strange why leftists don't understand that you should be free to conduct your business in a peaceful manner with people who want to do business with you without interference. You think that it's it's okay for people to marry whomever they want, but it's not okay for them to run their business the way they want? I can't buy a car from a company. I can marry my best friend Ralph, but I can't smoke a cigarette in my own bar. Yes, that the, I own? It's, it's incredible. Once you can sort of uh, achieve that sort of consistency, you feel very comfortable in recognizing and criticizing right. the, the faults of some of these groups. It's so, the same with the conservatives, though. Absolutely. The conservatives, the conservatives say, you know, they're, they're all about small government until you start talking about gay people getting married oh, and, that's and uh, awful. people 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 selling pornography and and gambling with their absolutely. money absolutely absolutely the, the, the body's the temple jesus you yeah, can't, and mark mark you know you and i know marijuana there are people in the audience now listening to us who say no we have to do this and just take a step back and and please look at the way you treat your neighbor about peaceful interaction leave him Alone, and mm-hmm. and this is a this is a very interesting story. Uh, getting on to what is typically seen as the civil liberty side of things, the Bush administration, of course, held these guys in Guantanamo for years without any sort of a trial to actually present the evidence. Habeas corpus, the presentation of the of the corps uh, of the core of evidence against these guys, mm-hmm. the body of evidence. So. Um, now, I don't think, as I commented over at Repairman Jack's website, um, I, I don't think that he's doing this on, for any constitutional reasons. I think he's doing this out of e- emotional reasons, as many of the people who believe in the so-called well, civil liberties side of it do. Barack Obama is a constitutional scholar, so I'm not willing... <laughs> I, no, it's true. I mean, he was at, at Harvard. Now, I, I think it's laughable the people that call themselves constitutional scholars. I think it's laughable the people that call themselves Supreme Court justices. Yes, Because yes. when, you know, it's pretty clear to me that the one criteria that uh, there is to be a Supreme Court justice is that you could be completely unable to read the uh-huh. English language. I know. Uh, yeah, I, one of my favorites here is uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yes. And then what do they do? They say, well, yeah, but we can infringe well, it. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. No, no, no. You, no. you bring up a couple great be points. Infringed. And before we get to the Obama, uh, Obama decision that seems to be impending, uh, just on what you mentioned uh, in the Supreme Court, uh, Mark is referring to the decision in the Heller case by Antonin Scalia where he spent 66 I'm re- I'm, pages. I'm referring to every single Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, uh, but in that particular in instance, courts, yeah. oh, absolutely. It, I mean, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. This is one feather on the on the on the uh, on the on the bird. You're but, free to you're free to own and carry a gun, except yeah. Well, this is the thing. In the Heller case, if people actually read his decision, he goes through loss. 66 pages loss. on historical, valid historical notes about how the right to keep and bear arms is an individual right. 
and which is all fine. All he had to do was use logic to say rights are inherently individual because groups are the thing. Uh, groups are composed of individuals, so mm. they're reducible to the individuals. He just uses logic, and in three sentences, he's done. But it's okay. He used the historical examples, but then at the end, he says, "Oh, and by the way, even though we know it's an individual right, and you know, in this case, the D.C. gun ban is unconstitutional, rights can be attenuated." Yeah, attenuated. So, so he's saying so, so he's changed some, the definition of a right, right, and and changed the definition of abridged. Yes, uh, well, it's not a, it's it's not infringing Infringe, here. Excuse yeah. me, it's not infringing. It's attenuated. Yes, yes. We're, so we're not changing the channel. We're just tuning it in right. real fine, folks. And as, and as far as Obama being a constitutional scholar, before we get back to this story, which is was going to it upset many many Republicans out there. Um, because this has been a bone of contention between Republicans well, and Democrats I, and about Gitmo, this but Guantanamo thing. What do you? What I, I understand where you're coming from. I I believe that these there's there's some great things um, that one you know that that that. that you know, we could we could find out a great deal about uh, you know these prisoners and what went on as far as giving them trials. But what about what do you do with these guys? I mean, are, you ever, well, are we ever going to let them is, go? This I mean, is the point that I've been making over commi- and over. They didn't commit a crime in the United States. I, I, I there's tell no you, jurisdiction. A, a couple I, years ago, I wrote a piece about this for the von Mises website, right? And I got so I got so much abuse from traditional conservatives and neocons who did not get it. They had no concept of what I was discussing. This is the thing. Guantanamo Bay, Obama is thinking about trying these guys in U.S. courts. That is the correct way to do it. Why? It's very simple, and I know we have some callers who might want to comment on this. The The issue is not whether or not these guys are un, non-uniformed combatants, and therefore they're not protected by the Geneva Accords or anything like that. Because, in fact, if you read Article 3 of the Geneva Accords, if we are engaged... If any signatory nation is engaged in military operations on the soil of another signatory nation, and Iraq and Afghanistan are both signatory nations, anyone captured by our soldiers has to be treated as a prisoner of war and afforded all the protections thereof. It right. is written so in there. So we went to their house. The fact right. that they weren't wearing uniforms, it doesn't it matter. Doesn't matter. It do, that's, is, I have repeated this over and over and over. When exactly. people, people make right. this distinction. So, well, these people were just running around in civilian clothes. Well, they have right. no obligation to you to defend their country so, in uniforms. Right. The Guantanamo case starts from step one. We did not declare war. Without a declaration of war, the Bush administration thought, oh, we won't have to treat these guys as prisoners of war. But if they don't treat them as prisoners of war, there's only one thing the U.S. Constitution and the Congress provided for. That was trial under U.S. criminal code as terrorists, but instead they tried to find a third way. We got Glenn and Van on the line, 800-259-9231, Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Mark with you and Guard. It's Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about anything you want to talk about, and uh, you know we'll we'll get you on the air. The one rule here on Free Talk Live, I guess there's two: one call a night, and uh, ladies go first. So oh, we're I like that. Gonna go with Terry, but uh, real quick, I want to tell you about uh, the the skinny pills I've been taking. Yeah, Dex C20. They've been working for me. I've been I've dropped weight. My uh, pants pants are getting looser. I haven't changed my diet in any way. 
and they don't give you that weird freaked out thing that diet pills do so often. <laughs> These work. I cannot stress to you enough. I know people here, radio talk show hosts, talk about things like that. I could never take those pills because I'm so, you know, stimulants bother me so much. Mm-hmm. I'm losing weight. It's absolutely true. I've got a tract on my little Excel spreadsheet. If you want to lose weight, you want to do it easily, you want to uh, get through the holidays without eating all that extra food, Dex C20. Uh, you can get it at a gold box. It's a G, uh, GCN, uh, GNC, excuse me, uh, Walgreens, CVS, mm-hmm. any of those places. It's right. Dex C20. All right. So let's go to Terry in uh, Webster, New Hampshire. Terry? Hi. How are you? I'm hey, well. Terry. I wonder if I have the right number, but my question is um, about my rabbit. He's about two and a half years old. Excellent. This is Veterinary Talk Live, so tell me about him. Okay, good. And he thumps his foot, um, and I don't know why he does it. And the second question is, how can I get him to be affectionate um, with me? That's all. Well, um, you, he's, so he just thumps his foot. Uh, when, when does he do this? What's, what's sort of happening when he's thumping his foot? It's usually um, about half an hour after I come home from work at night. So you get home, and he waits about a half an hour, and then he's, he thumps his foot. Does he just thump it a few times, or does he thump his foot like the whole time after that? No, just a few times, and then he stops. You know, I, I'd, I'd say that it's probably some little idiosyncrasy. We all have our own personalities. Rabbits have theirs, too. God gave us each personalities, and I, I'd say that it's probably just, you know, him just doing his little little rabbit thing. I can't tell you how to make it make it more affectionate other than yeah, well, food. Uh, food will make that's him affectionate. Exactly it. Food, There's sweet nothing, stuff. Nothing they like, uh, you know, more than uh, celery and carrots and lettuce. And they like the romaine lettuce and uh, the really deep green lettuce. Not, uh, not so much mm. the iceberg. He doesn't like spinach. Yeah, who doesn't like spinach? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um. So if I um, picked him up and gave him food, he might not run away when I try to pick him up. Well, he's certainly the more food you give him, the more likely he is to stick Make around. Make him like a Don't government, a government welfare program. The more you give him, the more he'll come around. That's exactly how it works. Thank you, And then Terry. charge your neighbor for it. <laughs> I appreciate Thanks, the call. Yeah. 800-259-9231. And I'm glad see, we could savor that relationship. It's a show about Excellent. anything. Okay, Excellent. so let's go to, all, let's go to Glenn, the, the firefighter in Kansas. Glenn? Oh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, how are you, sir? You got any I'm rabbit from- problems? From flyover country. Yes, yeah. sir. This stuff about dumping out your kids and the, the fire department, that that's making a cyclic deal. What's that mean? Uh, that that came to Kansas about five years ago. Uh-huh. And and one of the people that was sponsoring it was at that time was a senator Senator uh Olean and she uh, of course we had a big meeting in the municipal building over in Junction City and and, and I just flat shouted at her. Uh-huh. I was mad because and then she said, oh, but you guys do muscular dystrophy. Well, wait a minute. What's that have to do with anything? Uh, number one, Jerry asked us. Uh-huh. They never asked us. Right. And See, politicians don't ask. No, they never ask. They, they, they've they, never, never they don't ask. know how to ask. They don't have, I mean, they're sociopaths born without the ability to ask somebody mm. whether something's acceptable to them. They pass well, laws well, yeah. and they throw people in jail if they don't obey. Yeah. And a lot of people got mad at me for being direct, but... Oh well, after after a short time and three DUIs later, the the highway patrol got fed up with her and and she's gone. Excellent. But, and, and but but this stuff is cyclic, and this is the nanny government, and 
and it's going to just keep coming at you. And, well, and almost every time that somebody suggests these these stupid things, you have to take out your your D D cell batteries and just bounce them off their heads <laughs> because it's nonsense. It well, is you nonsense. Know, you know, it's good interesting. advice with the rabbit, but rabbits are. Rabbits are kind of ornery, and, and they're not, not <laughs> real intelligent rabbit. creatures, but you just keep feeding them and keep picking them up. Eventually, they'll quit biting you. There's, all, there's always Haas and Pfeffer. Yeah, so, and, and the steel over the, the, the Guantanamo Bay, I might as well touch on that. Most of those people down there, we already know, are, were, you know from newspaper articles and things, that, that they were just snatched. Yeah. And most of them are just a bunch of goat farmers that got in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm sure and, some of them are, are, are bloodthirsty killers, well, then, but I don't oh, know who I they don't are. Know, but they need a trial anyway. Yeah. And, and the bottom line is that that here I looked at that whole deal over when they started grabbing people. They were you remember that they uh, in 1984 when they were bringing in all the prisoners to be executed, and the people were screaming and and, and raving. That that was a show deal to keep the the Romans happy with bread and circuses. 1984 so, show deal, bread and circuses? I'm sorry, I don't understand. No, you're not catching. You ever seen 1984 by oh, George Orwell? Uh, the, the movie, I've never seen it. I have read the well, book you twice. you need to go see that because you'll love it. I, uh, you'll see so much of the the nonsense that's going on today and the double. I, I, I read the book, but I no, I haven't seen the movie. I, I just, go, go get it. I, maybe if I should get it on YouTube. Get it on eBay. I it's a good one. It's appreciate the call, Glenn. And okay, thank you. you have a good night, guys. Thank you, you for Glenn. what you guys do with the uh, with the boots and getting out there and raising money for muscular dystrophy. I know that you don't have to do it. Even if your department does it, I know you don't have to do it, Glenn, and I appreciate you and all the firefighters and that Mark, do that. And, Mark, before we go on, I do, I do want to mention, though, because Glenn brought a couple things up about Guantanamo. There are two more chunks of this that need to be expressed that, so people can grasp these things. First, with a non-declaration of war, when you capture people, the constitutional and only legal legal um, other re- recourse it, to try these guys is to try them under U.S. criminal code under terrorism. In the 2006 military tribunals, oh, what happened was these guys are being held without habeas corpus, not under U.S. criminal code, but in these military tribunals that the Bush administration set up. They said this is not legal. They went to the Supreme Court, Hamden, uh, the Hamden case, they came out and said, yes, it is not legal. You've got to supply these guys with habeas corpus trials, and you can't hold them indefinitely without showing what the evidence is. Now, I understand the rationale of the Bush administration not providing evidence in some cases. They say, well, we could be revealing secrets and so on and so forth. All right, fine, fine. If you want to make that argument, we won't touch that. We'll just stay away from that. But these guys are supposed to be upholding U.S. law. The laws did not provide, there was no law that Congress had written on the books to provide for a court system above the state court system and no. below the federal courts, uh, below the Supreme Court system, which is constitutional. They can set those courts up. So what happened was the Hamden case, the Bush administration loses. The Supreme Court says you've got to give these guys habeas corpus hearings. The Bush administration says, well, we can't keep, do, keep this up the way we wanted to. So Congress writes the Military Commissions Act and basically gives them the power to selectively lift habeas corpus and to conduct these very trials that they were doing in a super constitutional way. So the Congress, and this is liberals and, and Republicans, the Democrats and Republicans all together, they just gave the president the power to lift habeas corpus. That is patently unconstitutional. Everybody who voted for that should have been gone immediately. 
I, you know, I think that there's some problems with the, with, with, with this sort of extra, uh, you know, extra legal system that they had out there. I, all of this could have been prevented if we wouldn't have gone into Afghanistan in the first place. I know this isn't going to be popular. I'm sorry. The fact is the Constitution provides for this circumstance with letters of mark and reprisal. Absolutely. That's if, if we would have let an organization like Blackwater, because I know that the United States offered a reward, it wasn't nearly as large as what we've spent on Iraq and uh, Afghanistan. It's not, even, it's not even close. It's not even in the zip code of what we've spent. But if they would have provided, instead of a measly $10 million or something like that, $100 million. I know it seems like a lot, but we've spent a trillion at this point on this war, uh, these wars. If we would have offered $100 million for Osama bin Laden and told uh, Blackwater that they can collect it, because we also excluded any company from America or any American from collecting that right. money. If we would have let Blackwater go after him, there wouldn't have been these problems. And who knows what the outcome would have been, but at least the process would have been proper and constitutional. All right, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI line. It's Free Talk Live. Give us a call. Free Talk Live, it's your show. Call in and talk about whatever you want. We're live here on a Saturday night. Call in and hijack the airwaves. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Mark with you. And guard. And uh, and I'm not happy. What, what aren't you happy about? I'm not happy that uh, Ian is being incarcerated for not having harmed anyone, and it looks like they had him completely set up. I'm not happy that so few people who um, are going into public office actually care about the rules they swear they're going to uphold. I, you know, I, I know think that it's so, so hypocritical true. bastards, and I'm not happy the fact that the bulk of the United States population is either so lazy or so stupid they don't care. I, you know, I, I, I hate to use the terminology like that, but the fact is Thomas Jefferson said that. Uh, if if you weren't vigilant, you weren't going to keep the republic. And, I, uh, you, you know, Mark, I used to I used to have faith in the in the average intelligence of my neighbor. You know, I I want to be I, I treated with respect. They're I the smartest person. They're the smartest person to deal with their life. Right. However, I I just I, I don't I, I, people don't seem to get liberty and they don't seem to get the idea of leaving people alone. But uh, mm-hmm. there is a way to have a little fun. That's right, folks. If you go to FunKnobs.com. It's an online store featuring whimsical decorative knobs and poles catered towards consumers looking to give the playroom, kids' room, bathroom, or even the kitchen a unique and fun flair. FunKnobs.com is the creation of parent company InterKnobs.com. You've heard about them on Free Talk Live. They've been online since 2004. And remember this while you're listening to the program. If you happen to hop over there and check out what they've got, use code FTL to save 10% on your purchase at funknobs.com. Don't forget, it's F-U-N-K-N-O-B-S.com, sort of like funknobs.com. Well, there you go. Uh, we got some calls. Right so on. Let's, let's hit it. Let's go to it. I, pardon me if I don't know exactly what I'm doing on these lines. Uh, Scott, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, Scotty. great. It's learning learning uh, how to use these lines. Go ahead. Well, I hope you guys prepared for this because you knew it was coming up and that there was a chance he'd be, you know, he'd be going away for a little while. Mm. Um, well, you know, and, and I think anyone in Keene that uh, sort of is into the 
civil disobedience, this would be a great time to put a couch on your front yard, in the front yard, <laughs> as a matter of you know support and protest and see what happens. I or was, maybe even I was, I was wondering if people were going to be dropping couches off at the home residence of the judge. I mean, I, I would espouse that. You know, I would hate to even think better that people idea. might do that. <laughs> Uh, so mainly nice. what I was calling about was uh, I just got back from a, a trip that I took to uh, New York City for about a week, uh-huh. and uh, I couldn't. I, I was uh, not really surprisingly. Um, it wasn't a surprise, but people really thought Brock was the new Black Jesus. I talked to uh, uh, quite a few people there, and they thought Brock was going to lower their rent and say and turn everything around and save the country and. I was just shocked that uh, people really believe that one guy. And you know this could do this, all, this whole this Scotty stuff. this whole bogus approach where he says that he's going to lower taxes for 95% of Americans. Uh, all you got to do is go to the National Taxpayer Union's website and you see that the top 20% of earners, top 25% of earners pay 80. Point like 079% of all federal income taxes. What they've yeah. done is they've done terrific semantic ledger ledger domain to convince people uh, that the people who get the earned income tax credit, who don't pay income taxes, deserve what they call a tax cut. In other words, they're going to get money that other people will pay in taxes. And y- you can see that uh, another aspect of it is, and I've mentioned this over at, uh, over my website at the Liberty Conspiracy, um, they they have said, they've denied, Joe Biden kept saying, oh, Barack Obama's plan doesn't include any, any plan of raising taxes on people who earn over $42,000 a year. That's because he doesn't have to have it in his plan because the decrease in taxes on people 42000 and under came with the Bush tax cuts, and those are set to expire. So he doesn't have to have it in his plan. It's going to happen anyway. These people are such bogus charlatans. I can't believe anybody <laughs> would believe that crap. It's so ridiculous. And uh, and this one particular person I talked to in New York, he was my cab driver. Yeah. And we had quite a long conversation about it. And, and really, I think he was um, pretty might, maybe typical of the average person who thinks it's okay to take money from people that are well off and, and give it to other people. Just because someone is, is well off, like that's an excuse to uh, or justification to steal from them for wealth redistribution. Some people really feel that that's totally justified. You know what? Well, what yeah. I, I wonder. System. You know, uh, fat people have more blood in them than uh, skinny people. I wonder if it's okay to suck the blood out of fat people. <laughs> We're a nation of vampires. I mean, well, the world I mean, is a vampire. I, I understand that it, it it can be frustrating that some people have more money than others, and certainly they don't live their lives the way that I do. And and I. I Sometimes the things they do are ostentatious, mm-hmm. but to make them the target of uh, wealth redistribution, uh, staff, I, you know, Mark, theft, I'm sorry, it's just stealing. I wonder, I Government wonder, instituted stealing. That's right. It's as as Frederick Bastier said, the French economist of the 19th century, he said it is majority sanctioned theft. And I, I wonder, Mark and Scott, and uh, and everybody else over Free Talk Live, whether they're on the bulletin boards or, or anywhere uh, over at freetalklive.com. Uh, I wonder if there's a way. I was talking with my my friend, and uh, they were involved with an animal rescue shelter, and they had a big uh, auction thing last night where they raised uh, hundreds of lots and lots of money, thousands and thousands of dollars, maybe a hundred thousand dollars for this place. It was it was an amazing amount of money. And his wife is a real lefty, and and uh, especially on economic issues. And I said, well, you can tell her now that thanks to Barack Obama, all the people who donated, or most of them, who are very wealthy people here in New Hampshire, uh, they will have more of their taxes taken. 
taken from them, so they won't be able to choose to give the animal shelter their money. They will have to have it taken from them, and Barack Obama and the other folks in Congress will choose where to spend their money. Because they know how to live their lives yeah. better. Now, Scott, I'm wondering. I, I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, thanks Thank a lot, Scott. I'm wondering, Mark, if you could make an argument to some of the left-wing people that, uh, that Scott was mentioning in New York, maybe some of the poorer people, and you say, hey, look, uh, if if you you're getting more in a handout than that other person is getting in a handout, and that's not fair. So we're going to take from your handout to give more to that other person's handout. They would never look at that because they'd say, no, just take more from the rich guy to give it to that guy. I think we should take Let the me. cell phones and, uh, and, and color televisions uh, from the people that claim to be poor in this nation and send them down to Haiti. <laughs> uh, let's go to Nick in Colorado. Nick? Hey, Nick. Hello there. How are you, sir? Hey, um, remind me again, why did we invade uh, Iraq? Uh, Iraq? Well, because there were weapons of mass destruction there that could end life as we know it. it when they said weapons of mass destruction what they re- and dropped the term yellow cake, what they really meant is Saddam Hussein was seconds seconds away from creating a nuclear weapon and killing us all. And, of course, the secondary rationale was he's broken 18,000 U.N. resolutions and nothing's been done. So the United States is going to have to take care of, course, of that. The United States has broken U.N. resolutions on the, uh, the American Indian uh, many, many times. Go ahead. So how many times did uh, he use these weapons of mass destruction or these nuclear weapons? Well, well, we know it, that he used chemical weapons against the Kurds. Yeah, he he, he gassed the Kurds, and uh, I'm I'm certain I know I I believe in my heart of hearts that there were some chemical weapons over there. However, that's not over here; it's a world away. Okay, so so now when we go invade a, another country, are they just supposed to roll over and play dead? And say thank you? Um, I, it, it would depend on each individual what they thought about it. I, I feel like when, when, you're, when you're in a uniform, you cross the border of a country uh, with you know, intent of destruction, mm-hmm. that whatever happens to you, to, to the military over there, is fine and dandy. I mean, I bet, <laughs> if you wanted to be safe, you should have stayed home. Well, you know, the way they tried to portray this as a defensive war, uh, and it's not a war. We know it's not a war. They never declared war. Ron Paul offered a declaration of war. Didn't vote for it, but he offered it, and he got like three votes. Uh, at least Tom Tancredo was honest enough to do the right thing, and he voted for the declaration, even though I, I would not have voted the way that he voted in favor of it. But, uh, you know, there, there are a bunch of other things to consider here. You know, if you look at these guys going in and invading another country, I spoke to a talk show host, a total idiot, and he said to me, I said, so let me ask you, if, if, this is, uh, if, this, if the left wing is right and this was a war for oil, is that justified? And he says, oh, absolutely. I said, so if a nation, if a company in a nation is not willing to sell us something that we really need, let's say a company of South Yemen is unwilling to sell us certain minerals, uh, certain minerals to the United States government that they need for our defense, that makes it justified to invade that country. Yes. And that guy is a Republican, and I'm very scared of that mentality. Yeah, you know, and it would be one thing if, for, if we could actually send the military out to, uh, to, you know, to rob and pillage and steal. And of course, we'd have to let them rape because that uh, militaries have done for so long. And let them do that. It would be one thing if we, 
sent them out, and we actually got the money, but we don't even get the money. Gas prices were going up. Nick, we've talked all over you. I'm actually going to bring you back at the yeah. top of the top of the next hour. Hold the line. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI line. Call in. Tell us what lily-livered liber- liberals we are. Call us and tell us what evil, cold-hearted conservatives we are. I know it's confusing. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, it's the live Saturday edition. Believe it or not, we are live in the studio tonight. This is not some kind of recorded show like so many talk show hosts want to give you on a Saturday night. We are live. You can call in about anything you want to call in about. The number is 1-800-259-9231, and that phone line is brought to you by SACL CAI. And before the break, Nick called in about, uh, from Colorado, called in about Guantanamo, and I... I, we, we basically talked all over him, so I wanted to give him a chance to, to get what was on his mind off. Nick? Okay. All right. Now, the figures I'm going to go with is like 1.3 million Iraqis dead. I, uh, but before you go on with that, I'd like to make it clear that those are people that are killed by insurgents. They're killed uh, by bombs. They're killed by diseases that, uh, that, like, that could quite possibly not have been there otherwise. Baghdad was not a cesspool, of, a disease-ridden cesspool before we came. It was a very modern city. And you know, power went off, water went out, and, and people died as a result of that. It wasn't just bombs and soldiers shooting people in the head, the number you're talking about. Okay, so let's uh, let's flip the scenario and let's say uh, some foreign country invaded uh, America, and uh, do we have the right to defend ourselves? Um, as far as I'm concerned, that if 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 the if a foreign country comes into America, they're holding weapons against Americans, uh, they're wearing uniforms of some foreign country. Those people ought to be shot on sight. Well, wouldn't that make you an enemy combatant? They would. Uh, would that make me an enemy combatant? Yeah, I would or, be an I would be an enemy mean, of those people, and I would be combating. You mean if someone if someone invaded the United States, would they be an enemy combatant? No, would would uh, us Americans be labeled enemy combatants? And uh, what else did you say they against, were against against whom? Uh, insurgents or enemy combatants by that country? They, yeah. that, that I, don't, country, I don't know that, what they that would call us. country could wrangle any legal term they wanted to wrangle. I'm not concerned with what they would because call us. I'm like, concerned with the United States Constitution and the laws of the United States. So that country could call them whatever they wanted to call them because they would be some backwa- backwater uh, banana republic that made things up as they went. And, yeah, total uh, you know, non-starter. Like they did, like the Bush administration did in this particular instance. So I would be an enemy and I would be combating them. So what what gives us the moral authority to hold these people at Guantanamo Bay? Not much. Exactly. Nothing. And there's so certainly when, no legal authority to be doing it other than a trumped-up law that Congress created in 2006 because the Bush administration was found wrong by the Supreme Court. So if we bring them to the states and hold them here, aren't we just setting a precedent that we could just uh, 
sidestep the laws? Well, what you what you have to do is if you're going to go after these guys, this is the way I see it, buddy. I, I don't know how other people would see it, but if you're going to go after these guys, you have to have a reason, and the reason would be to, for ties to terrorism, to al-Qaeda or something like that. I think Mark's idea of letters of marquee, marquee and reprisal uh, is a good idea. You send people out. You either hire them or you sign up certain members of the military to go out with some sort of a private force, and that's the way they, that you would do it. Um, they haven't done anything constitutional since World War II in the military in any way whatsoever. So uh, if they're going to be doing this, you bring them back and you try them under U.S. criminal code as they did the blind sheik for the original bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993, was it? Uh, you try them under U.S. criminal code for terrorism. That's what should have been done. Now, the Obama administration closing down Guantanamo brings us a little bit closer to that. But you know what? I don't think he really cares. I don't think he knows about that stuff. I don't think he cares. So how could they be terrorists if we invaded them? Well, that's an excellent point. The only the only rationale you could come up with is if they thought that these people were tied, and then they and then we sent people in to get them under, as Mark says, under some constitutional paradigm of letters of marquee and reprisal. Would we be um, justified to go after Osama bin Laden? Let's let's say for a yeah, second that's a good that, that we know where Osama bin Laden is. Would do you think we that, should say we? We you mean the we, U.S. government? Yeah, the U.S. government uh, knows where Osama bin Laden is, which I think that there's a chance that they do, uh, and and they decide to send somebody in after them. Would they would they have the legal right, in your opinion, to arrest him? Uh, I thought he was dead. Well, answer, well hypothetically, answer the question, say. Nick. Do I? I don't think we do. Okay, so what would you do? Um, I would verify the information. You know, we can't trust this mainstream media and all their propaganda, so we can't just assume everything they say is true. Understood. I agree. But uh, let's say we we know that information. What you are the United States government, and Osama bin Laden was behind the 9/11 attacks. You have to decide what you are going to do. What are you going to do, Nick? Yes, I would. I would say that you would use that. What did you call it? Mark of letters of mark and reprisal. Right. Yeah, I would say that would be the appropriate method. I agree. I Thank you. Great. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. You know, I, I've got a, a story here. Um, are, are we done with the Guantanamo thing? You, you finished up? Yeah, with I think you? so. Except okay. the, only, the only comment I wanted to add to that was, you know, when you mentioned that, that Obama is a constitutional scholar, you know, supposedly, hypothetically. Uh, <laughs> you know, if he's a constitutional scholar, look, he has done one thing. He is the first left-winger to actually openly admit, and it's, uh, in fact, I posted the link to the YouTube uh, video uh, that the guy created off the audio of this 2001 Chicago interview with a public radio station where he admitted, he said, that the Warren Court did not do enough to sidestep the hurdles put in place by the Founding Fathers in the Constitution to allow for more redistribution of wealth. He thought that was bad. So clearly... And and again, I think the Constitution is is a flawed document, and I I would not go with a government paradigm. But this is a man who swears an oath to uphold the Constitution. He has already stated that he is an enemy to the Constitution. Well, I I, I totally so get go. that. It seems so strange to me that uh, that it's acceptable that the politicians and and they do they, they 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 sneer at these constitutions. These constitutions are the rules, and and when I say constitutions, I mean that there are you know the there's there's 50 of them in the states. Yes. And so in some cases they're older than the the United States Constitution and more limiting on the state governments. When you look at the Constitution of the state of New York and then look at the state of New York's laws, mm. you will see something entirely different than the the the, the government that was set up. 
by the, the the people that founded that government. And as far as I'm concerned, you cannot just step all over these rules. We've got rules. You need to follow them. If you don't like those rules, you need to change them. The problem is, is it's very difficult to change constitutions. So they've just began to ignore them. Mm-hmm. If you want to change the Constitution of the United States of America, which says that I have the right to keep and bear arms, that I have the right to free speech, that I have the right to religion, uh, practice my religion in the way I wish, that I have the right of the press and the right of people to peaceably a- assemble and Not to address to grievances, yourself and so on. All, yeah. all these things that they have... You need to change those rules. Until then, you can't do that, and right. they have. The, right. the, the Supreme Court hasn't uh, heard too many gun cases. And you know, Mark, this, this is a great example for those people they, who are wondering the, about... The, the Heller case that just came down was... It was disgusting. Oh, it was, it was absolutely abysmal, and conservatives were lauding this as some great success. Yeah, as, as when it was a their, victory. Their paragon of virtue, Antonin Scalia, undercut the very definition of the word right and said, yeah, it's an individual right, but yeah, you can attenuate rights. I mean, what a jerk to do something like this. But, you know, I think this is an example to anyone who, who is looking at the larger philosophical question of, is government beneficial? Is the state in the abstract beneficial? Because if these people were operating in this sort of deceptive fashion in the marketplace, very soon people would be turned on to their deceptive practices and they wouldn't be doing business with people. They would be failing in business. But government doesn't have that sort of feedback loop. Government has perverse incentives to continue these really disastrous policies, these dishonest operations, and the people who support them are the ones who like to bleed off of their neighbors. So government, no matter whether you had a constitution written or not, I think always tends to gravitate towards starting to manipulate people, towards starting to mess with their neighbors' lives. Because it is, as so many people have said, a legal monopoly, a monopoly, a legal monopoly on force. Once you've got that, you don't get that sort of responsiveness because they'll just continue well, to push people. I, I I understand where you're coming from. I think that government c- can be held in by constitutions. Unfortunately, the the first experiment with constitutions here, it was sort of a for one, it was a it was sort of a uh, compromise, and the constitutions lack teeth. Uh, the the these these bureaucrats, these uh, elected officials, these politicians, they should face life in prison as far as I'm concerned. If we're going to have a death penalty, they should face a death penalty for being found in contempt of the Constitution. If they're found to have done uh, you know something against their, 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 the rules there, they off with their heads as far as I'm concerned. Free Talk Live. We're live Saturday night, 1-800-259-9231. Call in and talk about whatever you want. We've been talking about Guantanamo. We've been talking about... Uh, bunnies. Yeah, bunnies. <laughs> we have mentioned bunnies. Chil- uh, the rights of children. Uh, all kinds of things. Uh, 800-259-9231. And go to freetalklive.com. We have archives there from the last year. All these other talk show hosts, they want you to pay for their archives. We give them away for free at freetalklive.com. It's three hours a night, six days a week. A lot of content. On back for like six years. Freetalklive.com. So, Guard, I've got this story here, and, and you're never going to believe what I've got to say on this one. All right. The title of it is from Yahoo News here. Online divorcee jailed after killing virtual husband. What? 
A 43-year-old Japanese woman whose sudden divorce in a virtual game world made her so angry that she killed her online husband's digital persona has been arrested on suspicion of hacking, police said on Thursday. The woman who is jailed on suspicion of illegally accessing a computer and manipulating electronic data used his identification and password to log on to a popular interactive game called Maple Story. Not familiar with this. Then again... Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily would be familiar mm-hmm. with this to, to carry out the virtual murder in mid-May. Murder. A police official in northern Sapporo. I'm trying to imagine how little they have to do in northern Sapporo. Now, this is Japan, and their their crime their their, their the crime is much lower there than you know illegal activities i should say illegal activities rather than crime because crime is what politicians do mm. um but their illegal activity is much lower than it is here in the united states so it's perhaps possible that this is the case um that they're not just you know doing nothing and letting murders go unsolved and that kind of thing i don't know but people in northern sapporo said in a condition of anonymity citing a department policy i was suddenly divorced and without a word of warning It made me so angry. The official quoted the woman as telling investigators and admitting to the allegations. The woman had not plotted any revenge in the real world, said officials. She has not yet been formally charged, but if convicted, could face a prison term of up to five years or a fine of $5,000. Well, now, you know, I mean, uh, evidently the, the, the crime is hacking into this private website. Well, um, hacking? Well, that's, that's okay. what they're saying, hacking. She let went me, let in me and... The, let me read the story a little further, if okay. I may, because uh-huh. hacking might not really you know, qualify okay. here. All right. Players in MapleStory raise and manipulate digital images called avatars. They make video game people of themselves, sure. essentially. Mm-hmm. And they represent themselves while engaging in relationships, social activities, and fighting monsters and other obstacles. So this is kind it's of like... like role-playing. You yeah, create your own character. Yeah, it's, it's another world. You don't necessarily have to have games. You mm-hmm. can just go in there and hang out and pretend you're drinking beers. It's, it's another you can words, pretend it, you're having a relationship. Mm-hmm. You can pretend you're trying on clothes. You can do all kinds of things in this pretend world. It's another world. It's like Barney Frank's right. mine. Okay. <laughs> I'm with Just you. like that. Gotcha. Um, say, uh, let's see. The woman used login information that she got from her um, from the 34-year-old office worker. That's the, the husband there. Mm. I'm assuming that was male, in fact, um, that had a male character. When the characters were happily married mm-hmm. and then killed the character. The man complained to the police. The man complained to the police when he discovered that his beloved online avatar was dead. Now... My question to you is, if I give you a set of keys to my car and you start the car and drive it away, have uh, have you stolen it? Well, I think you would have to have whether there is implied consent. And this is where you would get a sort of a common law tradition here mm-hmm. of uh, what sort of a societal interaction had these people already prior, uh, previously a priori agreed to. Um, if if she did go against the rules of the site and went in there and did something that she he wasn't gave, supposed to do. He gave her his, his password. He gave her his he, password. He had every opportunity after he divorced his online wife to change his password. There you go. This is negligence to some extent. Yeah, I don't know. Me, I mean, I'm just saying here. And and the thing is, is I can't it's just the so silly. The government got involved. With it's this. just so silly that that oh. that uh, this online character was killed, and that the government's involved and people care. I, Incredible. I, I guess I just. Can you brought imagine, it up for the novelty of it all. Hearing this case, I mean, if there were, if this were brought to a civil case, the guy wanted to sue her for damages or something like that, you'd be the just like, 
What? Go away. <laughs> Leave me alone. You know? That's absolutely it. And but they've got the government. When you think about it, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on when you, what you're saying there. In fact, the IRS holds you responsible for paying for things that, virtual things. Let me tell you, if you, uh, for instance, you're in one of these games, uh, you're, a, you're a knight of old and you have procured for yourself <laughs> a hammer of, of ogre killing, um, you, you take that hammer of ogre killing and you can do this. You can uh, sell it on eBay. It's been done many times. People do this. So they sell things on eBay. You sell it on eBay. You procure money for this virtual item that right. you have acquired. Right. My people give people an edge in the game. They acquire it. Right. They don't have to work as hard. You've right. already so, so you can buy it. Yeah. You can give uh, people that have clearly more time than uh, anything else that get at their own stuff. You can you can get the the magic sword yourself by buying mm-hmm. it on eBay. Mm-hmm. The person who receives the money has to on on an item that file right a virtual item has to file it as that is income unbelievable it's so i mean the government's already all in this world Incredible. this this internet they want very badly to tax everything that goes on in the internet if they could they would tax every email sent absolutely i mean the government's already getting their little piece of every and, piece of mail sent, and, right? And, and Mark, I know you know we talked a little bit about this off the air about this this story story from Australia, um, but you know this Australian web filter thing. Uh, one of the things that I brought up over at the podcast at my website is uh, I, a lot of freedom lovers think that if the United States government FCC reimposes the so-called fairness doctrine which was brought down by President Reagan on an executive order the FCC claims ownership of the airwaves they brought say, down you mean it was done away with yeah I he essentially make... said you will, will not enforce it uh it it is something that is an extra constitutional thing is totally so ridiculous. So the FCC. Exactly. I mean, tell me the part of the Constitution that creates that, that makes the FCC okay. Right, right. Exactly. And the history of the FCC goes way back to the 1920s, and it is all a big political football. Everybody wanted to try to use the FCC to stop competition. In fact, the existence of the Federal Radio Commission before the FCC was created prevented television from coming in five years earlier than it could have because the people who owned radio stations lobbied the government. The FCC. Stop he prevented cell phones. The cell phone technology yes. was around in the 60s. 60s. Exactly. In the 60s. People don't understand this. Uh, military I, guys used to use it all. You know, you see these these big things in military shows where they had those big, big walkie-talkie-like phones. Right. Those my mom had My mom had something like that when she worked for the telephone company in the 80s. Yeah. Imagine what cell phone technology would be like today right. if... There hadn't been the monopoly of Ma Bell at the time. The government instituted yeah, monopoly right. of Ma Bell. Absolutely right. And that the government had allowed cell phone technology to take off because then other companies would be able to compete, compete against Ma Bell. They didn't want that. Right. And the I don't, government is a getting involved in business makes no, no sense, sense. whatever. So here's the thing: they they've got the FCC, they've got the potential of reinstating the the fairness doctrine. The Democrats want to do it because they know that talk radio hurts them. They want to stop talk radio. So if they do reimpose this, a lot of freedom lovers are saying, "Oh, they'll go to the internet." And then the next step, people say, is to try to regulate the internet. Many freedom lovers say, "Oh, that's not going to happen." Let me tell you. Based on the precarious nature of many ISPs, they are open to the government finding them. You will get regulation of the Internet. People will try to get around it. It's going to be difficult. Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. Call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Mark here with you. And Guard. And uh, you can go to Live and do all your purchases at Amazon. It helps the show out. So we get a little uh, percentage on it. doesn't cost you anything extra. They got everything there. 42 stores with uh, hundreds of thousands of mer- uh, bits of merchandise that you can buy. Amazon.freetalklive.com and... Sex with the Virgin Mary. She's waited long enough. Jimmy Cahill, a boozing, carousing cabbie from Boston, has been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a good read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn author Charles Webb to hell. Get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or go to SexWithTheVirginMary.com. You can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb on the FTL podcast coming up on Saturday the 22nd next week. That's Sex with the Virgin Mary. Dot com. So, I've got an article here, Guard, that uh, I, I, I really, I, I know that this stuff happens. I, I don't like to make blanket statements, but I know this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. It's from the Den- Denver Post, uh, Felicia Cordona, writing, When a Jefferson County deputy unleashed pepper spray at, an unruly, at unruly protesters on the first night of the Democratic National Convention, he did not know that his targets were undercover Denver police officers. Now the American Civil Liberties Union of Colorado is questioning whether that staged confrontation by police pretending to be violent and flamed or um, to be violent and flamed or other protesters, the officers during the uh, most intense night of the four day event. The protest occurring on August 25th, 15th Street, court place, the highest number of arrests in a single night during the convention was 106 people. According to the use of force police report obtained by the ACLU, undercover Denver detectives staged a struggle with a police commander to get pulled out of the crowd without blowing their cover. The commander knew they were working undercover, and the plan was to pull them out of the crowd and pretend they were under arrest so protesters would be none the wiser. A Jefferson County deputy, unaware of the presence of undercover police, thought that the commander was being attacked and used pepper spray on the undercover officers. Doesn't the government have laws against inciting riots? Well, everybody, but so the government, government doesn't agents. have to conform to those things, right? Just like they don't have to conform to their own environmental regulations on the southern border when they're putting these walls and fences up between people's property, um, going between them and the the water sources that they have, and things like that. Yeah, well, that that and the pronghorn uh, antelope out there in the desert. How are they yeah. gonna how are they gonna travel their little roots with all them uh, fences with machine guns and stuff? Ridiculous. You know the. the so it's th- so is this often, confirmed? So often that uh, the, this is confirmed. This is right here. This is uh, the Denver Post. Um, uh, it's so often you'll find that these riots and things, it's undercover police. They're doing it. They're the ones in there. And uh, here they were inciting riots and then trying to get uh, pulled out and all that other stuff. Now, I'm not saying that it's okay just because some police officers are inciting a riot, it, that it's okay to riot. But think about this. If a, if a little group of police officers is rioting and you're nearby trying to uh, pose a, a, you know, a peaceful protest, which is legal under the Constitution, is it possible that you could get swept up? Now, I know birds of a feather flock together and everything, and that good Republicans stay home and they don't protest anything. Well, that's one of the reasons that our right to protest has been diminished in this country, and that's why police are infiltrating groups like the Quakers and anti-war groups. 
that they're the using Quakers. Odds. The Quakers. You gotta I mean, be kidding me. The, the Quakers, the Shakers, uh, the, these these people have been peace peace snicks for two centuries. They're not gonna hurt anybody. They don't believe in war. That's all. They're protesting against war. And the fact is, if you disagree with the government these days, you're gonna get infiltrated, and it's quite you're probably possible, arrested. It's quite possible that uh, you'll get smeared with the the brush here. I mean, if if you were one a, a, a civilian who's next to one of these police officers is pretending to be a rioting protester, you don't think it's possible that you're getting yourself charged, at least pepper strayed. What about beaten? Crazy! Wow, that is that is some crazy crazy mojo. You know, this is amazing because we've gotten to such a point here where these law enforcement people they don't think twice about bending the rules themselves so that they can somehow get the collar or keep the peace. They're creating violence to supposedly keep the peace. They're not. They're trying to right. suppress expressions of ideology, yep. and that is just ap- absolutely reprehensible. It's yep. incredible. It's, it's just disgusting. It's crazy. I'm going to beat you up so that you don't hurt other people or something. It's like it's, 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 it's this weird thought process. Wow. Mike in Brooklyn. All Mike. right. Mike, you there? Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Mike, yes. going once, okay. Hi, I was just listening to the podcast, and I heard that Ian was arrested last night. That's oh, correct. And, and thank God, Ian, he's gone. I mean, shoot, he <laughs> you know? Come on, Ian, I mean... He's a danger. He's out there talking about freedom and stuff. Psh, wow. And he had this couch that, like... Somebody, they say, complained about, and, and then he went to court, and he was standing for a millisecond too long, and they put cuffs on him and walked him away in the first, like, three minutes of the trial. Well, you know, I have to tell you guys, most freedom fighters never live to see the freedoms that they fought for, i.e. Uh, Martin Luther King, yeah, 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 Malcolm yeah. X, and Gandhi, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, and, uh, I, I don't know that I don't know that India ever got freedoms, but I think Gandhi was there for the uh, biggest portion of the freedom. They, Gandhi, Gandhi essentially fought for independence and got it. I mean, yeah, and that was a good thing, you know. That that was but a good thing. Now he didn't get the unified India because the Muslims split off to Pakistan and all that other stuff. But anyway, go go on. Yeah, and uh, you know, as much as I disagree with Ian on a lot of the things he say, Mark, I more lean towards your side. Yep. But he is an important voice out there. Oh, so his right. voice should not be silenced, and I think they, that's what they did. They silenced his voice by putting him in jail. Well, you know, and, buddy, I was speaking. Sorry to jump in. I just wanted to add something to you to think about. You know, I was speaking to my brother. He's an attorney. He's worked with this this lawyer here. He's an attorney here in New Hampshire. And um, and and my brother and I were talking. And my brother said, you know, I said, look, you know, Ian is absolutely right. He has made no contract with this guy. This guy has no authority over him. Uh, Ian is standing probably out of respect for him, not in his position of authority, but as a person. Uh, it, you know, I would I would stand up if someone entered the entered my living room or came to me at a dinner table or something. I'd stand up, shake his hand, whatever, because you, you you give them the presumption of honor. Um, but the, the the entire system is so corrupt. Ian never made a contract with any of these people. They show up with a piece of paper demanding money because he has something they say that someone complained about. They never went through the discovery process to show him the complaint, which would have had the name of the complainant on it. They did get, finally give the name of the complainant at the uh, the, the judge demanded that the na- name of the um, complainant be revealed. Well, at least the judge. But did I couldn't that. hear it because it was a it was a it was a secret court with the, this little TV monitor that that we don't have any access to. You can't we can't broadcast. Cast it, so we just got to watch the the the, the 
uh, proceedings on this TV monitor. Right. They're not uh, allowing the video out, and I couldn't hear what there was and being as, said. And as I far think... as it goes, as the issue goes, and as we have on the caller here, uh, Ian Ian's thoughts and his ideas are so important to express, to get people to think, to push those barriers, to say, you know, is government really needed here or here? Or here, or is there another more peaceful way to do it? And you know, even if somebody doesn't embrace the total anarcho-capitalist or or, or uh, free market ideas, they can see at least they can. You know, it's an intellectual exercise, and I think it's really rewarding. And having Ian taken away for upholding his his principles and ideals without having har- harmed a single person uh, is is uh, truly, I think, an exposure of how corrupt the system is. Yeah, and it's so very corrupt that I really think Ian has it right, that you're not going to be able to fix this. It's going to have to implode upon itself in order for us to get rid of this menace, which is the government. It may very well be so. Um, I, I, I think it's difficult for people to know what the future is going to hold. All I can do, all I've ever wanted to do, is to stand for people's rights, people's uh, freedom to do what they want as long as they don't hurt people. Hopefully I will slowly turn the ship of state towards freedom. Possibly I won't. But all I can do is stand for what I believe in. Otherwise, I'm just another one of the sheeple out there. Well, if, if you look at the, um, the Romans and how they went about... I'll bring you back, uh, Mike. Uh, we'll give a little history lesson from Mike in, in Brooklyn, and you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI call-in lines. And this is Free Talk Live. one 800 It's Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're live on a Saturday night. You can call in and you can talk about anything you want to talk about. Are you upset about the new president we've got here? Are you happy about the new president we've got? I mean, that's the, that's the big news. Are you upset with the politicians about the monetary crisis? Are you upset with the business people about the monetary crisis? You got something you want to talk about? It's Free Talk Live. You can call in at 1-800-259-9231. We will listen to you. And, well, you know, we're not guaranteeing we'll agree. We're your psychiatrist of the airwaves for political and other things. And just get on our couch. And then, I better not mention couches. Sorry. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Mark here with and you. And guard filling in uh, for Mark's spot because Ian is, of course... In jail, he's the usual host, and he has been uh, imprisoned for a while, incarcerated, as Mark said, because he had a couch on his Yeah, hard to say how long it's going to go on for. you got 93 days. This is day two. <laughs> in a four-week clinical trial, participants were advised to maintain their normal eating habits and exercise habits without changing their daily routine. 83% of the participants using the key component in DEC-C20 lost weight, and 72% of them lost inches off of their waist. Now, I've been using DEXC20 for about three months. I lost weight initially. Now I am uh, working out, so I'm probably I'm not losing the weight like I was, but I my pants are still fitting better, more, better and better. And I only have a little bit of weight to lose, but you try losing that last 10 pounds, it's impossible. Unless you break up with your girlfriend, you're not going to w- lose that last 10 pounds. I it's think just, people watching on the cam, if they go to freetalklive.com, are probably noticing you look pretty svelte, yeah, my yeah, man. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> darn svelte, baby. I am a beautiful man. So if you want to lose some weight, Bex C20, and you know, it's a good way to not overeat during the holidays. These pills, you take them, they don't make you jittery or anything like that, and you'll, your appetite just won't be as high, uh, as, high as it is. Dex C20, uh, they work, it's amazing. So 
Gardner, you said you had yes. a, a story you wanted to share here with me, and and uh, oh, d- do we still have? Um... Yeah, let's go back. Let's go back. We wanted to talk a little bit more to our Brooklyn friend, Mike. Michael, are you there? Yes, I am. Right Terribly on, sorry, brother. Michael. I almost skipped right over you. No, that's all right. Uh, you know what I wanted to say is the demise of the Roman Empire came through the corruption and the greed that we're seeing uh, the government of the United States exhibit. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much longer is it going to take before they implode upon themselves. If you look at the way the money system is going and the way that our dollar is being devalued oh, yeah. day after day, day after day, what is it going to take? Well, you recognize it, Mike, but uh, you know, I, I had a conversation with my, my cousins who came up. We had a, a family uh, tragedy, so they, they came up. We were all gathered together for a memorial service. And uh, my friend Danny Butcheroni from uh, down, in, down in Pennsylvania, great guy, libertarian. His mom has become a libertarian in her 70s. They're just disgusted with the whole thing. And he said, you know, guard, sometime it's going to happen. People are just going to rise up. And I said, you know what, Danny? I don't think they are here. I don't think the people in the United States are, and I think there are two or three facets to this. One is uh, the way the media is oriented, the way, just the nature of the media and the nature of reporters. It's easiest for reporters to be able to go to an iconic figure, a so-called authority. Those authorities, of course, are the politicians. They're not the people who oppose the politicians generally unless it's a celebrity out there. And they, they depict some people who oppose the, the authorities as possible nuts and, and, and whack cases, as Ron Paul was depicted by a weekend host on Fox News one time. He said, oh, he's a nut. I would have loved for Ron Paul to have educated him a little bit. Um, so uh, part of the problem is I think that the media goes to these authority figures. Those authority figures use rhetoric the way Roosevelt did to blame the crash on the bankers. He, he used this biblical language to call them the money lenders. And, and you know, they're going to be putting some of these guys from Wall Street on trial for having followed the rules. So they're going to be these show trials. So I think that's one of the major problems. The other thing is just it's the nature of many people today, unfortunately. I don't know how you feel about it, dude, but I think that people are looking for the authorities. You know, it's like Living Color, their song, Cult of Personality. There is a tendency for people to look towards the cult of the personality. And I don't think that, that American, uh, the American populace is going to get shaken out of that. I think they're going to look to the authorities. The authorities will set up new paradigms like they're doing now. They're meeting with the G20 or whatever it is to come up with a new form of capitalism. And, of course, that isn't capitalism. That's some <laughs> form of socialism if or something a gov- like If that. a government's setting up capitalism, <laughs> it's not. It's capitalism. Not. It's not free markets anyway. Sometimes people draw a distinction. So I don't think there is going to be a, a drastic uh, revolt from people because I think, unfortunately, uh, the spirit of independence has been either cowed or filled with so much propaganda that what people think really is fighting back, they're fighting back against the very people who could help them, independent free marketeers. Well, you know um – from the time you're a child and from the time you're in school, you're taught to bow down before the authority. Great point. So, and I think a lot of the people in this country, that radicalism that is America, that once was America, that made us fight against tyranny, the tyranny that we was feeling, uh, well, when I say we, I mean the forefathers, mm-hmm. the tyranny that they were feeling to fight against that, now we don't have that being taught to us anymore now we're we're not even taught but uh now we're just okay bow down to the authority oh yeah do whatever they say and then you can try to uh, address your grievances later but the supreme court has just ruled that 
they don't have to address it no, or they, redress <laughs> it. They absolutely don't have to redress your grievances. Mike, I appreciate your uh, your, your input here. Thanks a lot. Um, as, as saddening as it is, it's a great call. You yeah, know? It is. And, and, you know, just one more point. You look at the uh, the Republicans and their, their big convention, country first. You know, I, I ran into a guy on my radio show, Mark. And I say, he said, I would never vote for anybody who hadn't been in the military. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, fine. We can talk about that some other time. But uh, you are aware that John McCain is an enemy of the U.S. Constitution that you, former military guy, swore an oath to uphold, huh? To defend the United States Constitu- Constitution? You are aware of that. I thought he was going to try to punch. It would have been a big mistake, but I thought he was going to try to punch my lights out. So it's interesting. The The... I think the 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 layer upon layer upon layer of propaganda that people throw on here. If it's military, it's got to be good. And how dare you speak out against any military operation or people get involved in it? I know there are a lot of courageous people get involved with the military, but you got to question some of this stuff sometimes. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Michael, listening to WSC in South Carolina. Michael, hey, what do you got for me? Yeah, I, was, I was just calling. It's just um, it strikes me as just hypocritical that. Uh, AIG, you know, supposedly needed to be bailed out because you know something was going to catastrophic happen if if they weren't. And we set up something, and then all of a sudden they got their hand out for more money. Yeah. And the, then the car companies are there, and people are saying, "Well, the car companies are a bad model. Uh, we shouldn't be supporting them because you know." Well, wasn't AIG a bad model too then? Because Look at the debt they got themselves in. Oh yeah, and you know, you know, know, it's not the car companies; it's the big three auto manufacturers. It's Ford, it's uh, GM, it's Chrysler, and their union connections. Because Honda, Nissan, Toyota—they're doing okay. They're selling cars just fine. It's not American auto manufacturers because. Well, Honda, Nissan, and Toyota, they've got BMW, all of these companies manufacture their cars in the United States in order to avoid the tariffs. Mm -hmm. What you're just talking about is words that are English, essentially. That's it. Just companies that are named English stuff. And, you know, I've got nothing but unreserved contempt for the so-called experts who come on CNBC and MSNBC, all these numbskulls who get out there and say, well, you know, a bailout, as much as I wouldn't like to see a bailout, screw the constitutional questions. Again, you know, let's just talk about their, what they think is practical, okay? Even though it's supposed to be a practical document. Let's say, they say, it would be better to bail these guys out now because all these employees will be put into unemployment. So their excuse is... Well, you see, because of socialism, shouldn't, unemployment, shouldn't we've we got to have more socialism. The, shouldn't we have bailed out the blacksmiths? I mean, when the car came, <laughs> yeah. with the farriers, when the car came along, the I'm wheel sure there, buggy are, a, there are a lot of people that, that, that yeah. made, uh, you know, horse carriages and shoed horses and, and, you know, cared for horses. I'm sure that those people were put out of work. Oh, wait, they probably got other jobs, didn't they? Yeah, well, yeah. basically what's happened it is who knows who, and that's who's getting the money. From the from the government, yeah, Warren your Buffett money has his hands in it. And yeah, it's our money, and it, you know it's just ridiculous. It's our taxpayer money, yep. and it's not a free market. No, it's, it's not fair. No, no and, and one I of the things agree with you. one of the things that I think needs to be stressed. And thank you for the call. It's an awesome call. Appreciate um, it, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Thanks. Uh, Michael. One of, uh, you, Michael. Uh, one of the things that I think is so important. He was in uh, South Carolina. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, wherever you are, Charleston. it doesn't matter whether you're in a. They, you look at one of the important things is when the government goes and bails these people out, whether it's through taxation and redistribution of wealth or it's through creation of money through a central bank, you're not helping anybody. Through the taxation and redistribution of wealth, you're taking money that could be used in a different way. If oh, you're helping like, people. You're helping the big, the, you well, know, the big banks yeah, and, and, uh, and you know those people in this, power. This whole bailout is for the unions to pay their health care deal, which they already negotiated with the companies last year. So the taxpayers are going to be on the hook for what they negotiated last year. Screw them. 800-259-9231. Got calls on the line. Please hold. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Kicking off the third hour. Of the live Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live, it's Mark with you. And Guard. And Guard, published author of uh, Live Free or Die. You can get the, uh, uh, describe the book real quick. Well, it's a collection of essays on liberty plus fiction for people who might get a little tired and want to go to the fiction and a script that I never had produced while I was at the Outer Limits in their TV uh, uh, script department, plus material my father wrote between World War II when he was out in the uh, Philippines and so on in uh, in the Pacific and and uh, the time he passed away in 2003. It's you worked on Star Trek and Firefly, too, didn't you? Well, I wish I worked on Firefly. That would have been great. But you wrote something for the, the book? Or? Yeah, I wrote a, bo- uh, a, a segment for the book uh, okay. called Serenity Fan. Which That's is uh, free. Live free or die. You can get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And uh, you know we got so many calls on the line here. Right. I'm going to take Kevin in Tampa. Kevin, are you there? Hey guys, how's it going? All right, thanks for the call, Kevin. Yeah, I'll get right to it. Um, I have I heard you guys talking about the automotive industry bailout, and I have an interesting perspective, a very unique perspective yeah. on this because I own a company that provides services to about a 1,000 automotive dealers around the country. All right. So you want to know the real deal? Yeah, yeah. tell us. They should not be trying to bail out the automotive industry. All right. So some of these dealerships are having record months. They're doing very well for themselves, yeah, including I've heard some of the domestic lines. I've heard that. Interesting. Yeah, two of my trainers walked into a Chevrolet dealership in St. Louis this week, and they were booming, setting records. And, you know, it just depends on how they run their business. If, uh, you know, it's, it's not a good idea. That's the bottom line. And, and le- yeah, let's say, hypothetically, let's say they were doing badly. Uh, you know, hypothetically, right. they, were, they were all going to go bankrupt. It would still be an immoral, unconstitutional, unethical, and anti-economic thing to do, right? Absolutely. Good and as man. a business owner who, who basically feeds my family and, and the employees who work for my company off of the dealerships that thrive, I would be maybe greedy to... Maybe the government should do this bailout because I want to get more business. But to be perfectly honest with you, if they were going to do anything at all, rather than spend, what is it, $25 billion? Yeah, another, uh, another $25 billion. They already gave them, uh, I think, $50 billion in, in uh, guaranteed loans in September. September 29th was the okay. final vote on that. Well, if they're going to give out charity to a free market enterprise, then what they should do is they should give about 
uh, $20 million to consultants and allow them to go in and streamline the cost of the dealerships, and they'll all survive this hard time. Isn't it amazing how people seem to accept this? You know, when uh, Lee Iacocca yeah. had the Chrysler bailout back in the 1970s, I remember being a teenager. I never had anybody in any of our high school classes or anything, any of our history classes, actually open up the Constitution and say, hey, kids, can you find in the Constitution where it says in uh, Invisible Ink, uh, um, uh, businesses shall be bailed out by Congress? It's just it's amazing how people just accept this stuff on the practicalities of it. They just say, well, should it be done or shouldn't it be done? Not whether or not functionally it is allowed to be done by the Constitution. I completely agree 100%. They absolutely should not. And if any government officials are listening to this uh, radio station, which I hope they are, please stop what you're doing. You guys are going to kill this economy. Oh, I know for a fact Barack Obama's listening right now. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. I've got to burn through these calls. So uh, let's go to Dave in uh, New Hampshire. Dave? Hey, Dave, hey, are you there? Hey, how are you doing, man? Hey, good. It's good to hear your voice on the radio again, Guard. Oh, muchas gracias, uh, my friend. And good to hear you too, Mark. You're doing great. Thanks. Hey, I uh, just wanted to say uh, about regarding the uh, you know, Ian situation. I know a lot of people are upset, and uh, you know the anger is good, uh, but we need to uh, we need to make sure it's channeled correctly. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you're in New Hampshire, there's a lot of things that you can do to get involved. If you're not in New Hampshire, you need to be signing up with the Free State Project to get here and help people like Ian. And if you're already signed up, you know, post a blog entry or put a, a link on your blog. Well, try to uh, try to tell real quick because people don't know people don't know necessarily what the Free State Project is. People are tuning in, tuning out all the time. Tell t- tell people who who would want to join the Free State Project. Well, the Free State Project is for people who believe that the maximum role of of, of uh, civil government is the protection of life, liberty, and property. There's and the government's in... been going the opposite direction of that since <laughs> since we got one. That's right. The founders set up a government that had a very limited role, and the limit, the role of government when the founders set it up was only to defend people against aggression. And then they promptly and, uh, broke that, uh, that those agreements right. with, uh, with the public, right? Well, yeah, because there's a lot of people out there who want to make a lot of money off of uh, committing acts of aggression, whether yep. it be – and uh, so the government is able to do that, and it's a good way to uh, do it without a lot of risk. So you can commit acts of aggression to steal people's money in the forms of taxes or – um, you know, uh, kidnap people by arresting them for things when they haven't hurt anybody. Humans, you know, you think, Who's the aggressor here? Human beings have an amazing ability to be able to become accustomed to institutional aggression, whether it's a mafia in your neighborhood or it's government growing and growing and growing. Not only do they become, yeah, they become accustomed to it because you know humans are able to adjust and 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 do things like that. But then they start to recognize the advantages that they could personally get in taking control of that institutional entity for force, coercion, and manipulation, and hence you get politicians. That's right. I mean, and when you talk about government with a lot of people who are of the liberal persuasion, and, you know, I'm, I'm neither. I'm neither conservative nor liberal. Uh, but when you talk, they, a lot of times it talks about not government in the form of conservatives like to talk about who should be controlled. Uh, liberals like to talk about who should be helped. But it's, when we talk about this kind of stuff, a liberal will often agree. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm down with that. But then they think, <clears throat> you think, well, who's going to, when, when you have this massive apparatus of people who have a monopoly on violence, going around enforcing regulations or doling out money, who do you think is going to take control of that organization? Do you think it's going to be some people with... Good people that love good people that love everybody and only want the best for us. Right. Or is it going to be big corporations who have lots of money to buy the politicians who steer this ship 
that's completely devoid of any market signals. Yeah, right. Yeah. Excellent point, boy. I wish more people would listen to that sort of thing, especially the left-wing people. They don't seem to understand that if they want to control their neighbor's private business, it's the same sort of mechanism that is going to control the way that they live their lives and the business they might want to conduct in, say, smoking a joint or something like that. They've got to get over this stuff. Thanks for the yeah. call. You got it. Great call, man. All right. Well, let's go to the amp line with uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist. Now, every time when I use this amp line, it's always a poke of the dark to see whether I can get it on. Uh, so, Gene, are you there? Let me try this again. Gene going once. You know, I'm probably it's this is probably completely my fault. Gene going twice. Well, let's uh let's give it a shot with um Mark in Ohio. Mark? Hello. Hey Mark, Hello. how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh our constitution says that we can get rid of our government if they're doing wrong. Uh how do we go about doing that other than just voting them out? <laughs> is there anything else? Uh, we should try to do? Well, um, the, the Constitution, unfortunately, doesn't have an out clause. However, the Declaration of Independence, which people often conflate, with, and it's understandable, we're, we're basically taught those are the two important documents and taught, th- taught them together, does say that the, it's the right of the people to alter or abolish their government, and I'd have to agree with you. However, it doesn't give, give a game plan on how to go about doing that. The Founding Fathers took up arms, shot people with red coats, um, well, that, that's what I was going to start suggesting we start doing. Well, I'm I'm not ready to go there. I I think that uh, Claire Wolf, I, I you know, has this great co- uh, quote, which is, "It's too late to do anything about it, and too early to shoot the bastards." And I think from a national level and in a lot of state governments, it is too late to do anything about it. And that's the reason for the uh, the, the Free State Project. I, I, I think that you, every once in a while you'll hear news stories of somebody who goes bananas and, you know, shoots up a police station or, or gets a bulldozer and out, outfits it uh, in armor-proofing armor called the killdozer. That was yeah, an interesting story. Yeah. But all these people are, are painted as nuts. The mainstream media, it doesn't go anywhere. I, I imagine what people think about the Michigan militia. Think about what they think about the people in Waco. It just... Unfortunately, the the violence aspect just doesn't seem to go anywhere, and the government really knows how to handle violence. I think if we're going to do something now, that probably our best bet is going to be non-violence and non-compliance. And I think you've got to concentrate all those people in a a particular area. The more diffuse they are, the less impact they'll have. Yeah, we've been trying that for years. And and the less less attention they're going to have. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Mark. Free Talk Live, 1-800- 259-9231. Got some calls on the line. Please hold. And uh, we'll get to you. And you can call in, talk about anything you want. That's 800-259-9231. The SACL CA line. Free Talk Live. Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. It's your show. Call in and talk about anything. We don't really do much screening here. We really only have a couple of rules. One call a night. Ladies first. Oh, yes. Talk about anything. Perhaps. Let's talk to Jeremy in Montana. Listen to KG Easy. Jeremy? Hey, Jeremy. How you doing? Good evening, Dark Mark. How are you, sir? I uh, almost considered coming out there... Uh, before, uh, although I don't think uh, 
the cops around here in uh, Kalispell are much better. You know, I'm, I'm not too sure. I don't, I don't know if there's anywhere you can go any anymore to get away from these, uh, you know, Nazi skinhead Marine. I don't know. Looking, they look like they're still in the army and they're cops. You know. And yeah. I just everywhere there are men with power, there will be men that abuse power. But uh, you know, we still we got a lot of good cops around here sure. too. They're Bad, but I've had them try to break in my house just for having the uh, a movie up too loud, you know, or something like that. But uh, what I wanted to ask you guys about tonight was uh, what's your take on, uh, you know, all these bailouts and uh, all this, uh, you know, everything from 9-11 up till now that they've done, I think it's all been done on purpose. I don't think none of this stuff is by accident. And I just wanted to get y'all's take on that, and I'll hang up and listen. Thank you, sir. I, you know, as far as accidents go, I, um, I, I've heard, certainly heard people think that it's a diabolical conspiracy to, to rid people of their freedoms. However, I think that's what government does naturally. I think the government grows. Any, any institution or uh, you know, business, any endeavor, endeavor, let's call it an, any endeavor where men and women are striving to do things, it's going to grow. Absolutely. And if if you have a business, it, it's gonna you know you're you're gonna grow. Now maybe the other business grows more and puts you out of business through competition or whatever. But government doesn't have that problem, and of course it doesn't grow as efficiently as a business would, even a poor one. But they don't have competition, so yeah. they just continue to I grow. I agree so, with you. And the growth of government is power because that's all government has. The only thing government is is a as a as a use of force. If you want to feed the hungry, uh, you know, when you want to feed the homeless in America, the only way you can do it is by threatening to take to put people in prison or take their houses away if they don't pay the taxes that you want them to pay so that you can use your inefficient welfare system to feed the homeless. Now, you want to hear about an efficient way to uh, feed the homeless? Talk to the Salvation Army. Oh, yeah. They'll handle it. And then talk to the Salvation Army people who were blocked from going into certain sections of New Orleans. I just wanted to say, Mark, you know, the uh, government, the entire philosophical foundation on government, uh, in most cases nowadays, is predicated on the idea that your neighbor is incapable of handling his own life. So already there is a mistrust of individuals engaging in free market activities, so they get the government to get involved. Now, I don't think anybody is going to question these government bailouts. I think you're right. These these bailouts, all these things, these whether they're they're people think that they are intentional conspiracy products of a conspiracy or not, it doesn't matter. You don't even need it because the outgrowth of that philosophy that people in the real world are unable to handle themselves leads to politicians and people trying to get politicians to help them yep. to start engaging in these things. Now, and every time you ask the politicians to get involved, right? Whatever you intended in the beginning. They right. pervert it. Right. They but, change it because there's lobbyists out there that have more power than and, you'll ever but have. But here's the thing. Government can never fail, quote-unquote, in the public's eyes. Government can never fail because when government imposes these restrictions, regulations, taxations on the free market, it's, it's the free market that they see supposedly failing. 
when you don't have a free market. Right. So when the government engages in these activities and the effects of government policy are seen, they're not seen within the government as failures. They're seen within the marketplace as failures, but they're failures brought about by government regulation and impositions on the marketplace. And in this case, these bailouts are being brought about because of government central banking, government policies to get everybody owning houses who shouldn't have gotten loans in the first place, and all sorts of government regulations on businesses that either harm them or harm them against competition in the foreign markets or help the unions and again harm them against foreign competition. So none of these things are going to be attributed to government. They'll be seen as market failures when in fact it's the government that caused these and it's going to ratchet up the size of government once more. Let's take James in Florida. James, are you there? Hey, James. Hey. Hello? Hey. hey. Okay. I uh, just want to hope that uh, Ian's okay and uh, he wins this fight. I uh, hope that uh, he gets any, uh, an attorney to uh, represent him and uh, get these uh, charges um, dropped and, um, you know, get him out of uh, where he's at. Yeah, it's ludicrous. Okay. And I want to bring up the topic of um, Obama's new website, Change.gov. Change.gov, the <laughs> office of the president-elect. The exactly. emperor-elect. <laughs> And, you know, what's pretty disturbing on there is um, if you go to change.gov forward slash learn or click the learn button. On <laughs> forward the slash indoctrinate? Uh, yeah, the, the change we need isn't about new programs and policies. It's about a new politics, a politics that calls on our better angels instead of <clears throat> encouraging our worst instincts. And then it goes on. It says on that on, on that reminds us of the obligations we have to ourselves and one another. Well, I want to make something pretty clear here. I am not obligated to no one. I'm an individual. If I choose to help somebody out, I will, but that's my choice. I'm an individual. Boy, you I'm said well. Yep. Say what? Go ahead. So I'm just complimenting you because this needs to be stated a great deal. Exactly. I'm not a collective. I'm none of a collective mind. And, you know, this is where the people here in this country is like, oh, we need the government. We need to depend on them. They're going to help us out. You know, you know they're the best. And, and, and that's not the case. You know, you've got the people standing out there with their hands out saying, crying the old poor me's, give, give, give. However you keep giving to them, they're not going to get up there, you know, behind and, and, and do something. Right. And I just wanna, it's uh, absolutely true. If you, wanna, if, if you want stray cats at your house, put a bowl of cat food out every day. Sooner or later, they'll, they'll show up, and right. they'll be there every day to, to do it. Now, I'm not saying that the people that, that would receive welfare are bad people. I'm just saying you're incentivizing them to say in the circumstances that they're in. And the way welfare's set up... It's not even set up for people to get out of it because you'll get your welfare taken away if you work and how, make more money. Mark, how many times have you heard from politicians this classic religious sociological term they constantly say, and, and you in the audience, the caller right now probably knows, we have to be, we have to more often, we need to be our brother's keeper. You know what? Right. If somebody is my keeper, that means I'm being kept. Screw that. And my right. neighbor, I don't want to keep my neighbor. He's an individual. I will voluntarily help people if I exactly. want to. You know, I, and I, I just go, yeah, go ahead, man. And I just want to quote Anne Rand here, uh, one of the greatest philosophers uh, that this country's ever seen. True. And I think she she's seen she's seen what's happening. She's seen she saw the writing on the wall, you know, way back in the uh, in the forties. And uh, one of her quotes is that uh, it only stands to reason. That where there's sacrifice, 
there's someone collecting the sacrificial offerings. That's true. Service, there is someone being served. The man who speaks to you of sacrifice is speaking of slaves and masters and intends to be the master. Yep, well. you're right. I, I agree completely. 1-800-259-9231. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, James. I couldn't have said it better than myself. I want that guy over my house for coffee sometime. <laughs> This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live, it's your show. Call in and talk about anything you want to talk about. It's Mark here with you. And guard. And uh, we're here six nights a week from 7p to 10p. If you uh, That's Eastern time. If you're uh, just listening on Saturday night, maybe your station doesn't carry the show six nights a week. Well, if you want to hear it, you can go to freetalklive.com. We've got archives there. We've got a live stream. We've got uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners. Go see the Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. Oh, it is a very nice thing. It is a very nice thing. Tell me about SACL CAI. You know, some of the folks who help allow this wonderful program to reach you are the great people at SACL CAI. And if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, contact SACL CAI. They do collections. They handle early outbilling and they will purchase charged-off receivables. That allows you to continue in your business, and then SACL CAI will try to collect what is owed you. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients too. SACL CAI, they are great supporters of freedom, and they know how business works. Check out their banner advertisement at freetalklive.com. That'll take you to the website. It certainly will. They are great people. All right, let's go to Nathaniel in Austin, Texas, listening to 91.9. Hey. Hey, Nathaniel. Uh, first time caller here, so I'm not really familiar with your format and all, but I used to listen to a little power at the end, and that's how I found out all about shortwave and all. But I was just wondering. This is shortwave? Are you listening on shortwave? Uh, Oh, 91.1 FM, and that, and that brought me into the world. Low power FM brought me into the world of shortwave, and it's okay. opened up a whole new world to me. Shortwave is the world. Gotcha. Wondering, um, what change does Obama, Obama really stand for, do you think? I noticed he had a uh, an Obama station on uh, Dish Network, I believe it was, but I, I couldn't bring myself to watch it long enough to find out what kind of rhetoric they were. Hey, his guys uh, you know, are. What kind of propaganda they were putting out, and. Uh, I've heard some rumors about uh, or stories about uh, at one time Lindsey Williams was predicting, you know, oil to go to two dollars a gallon. We're 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 there now, and then they were saying that uh, oil was going to go to um, it, around fifty dollars a barrel, and I guess we're in the ballpark on that too. Getting close. That it was going to spike back up to like two hundred dollars a barrel, and we could expect. Uh, five to ten dollar gallon gasoline, and one faction of the New World Order was bound. Uh, Backing McCain and, and Palin, and that's why uh, Palin was, I assume, uh, predicted. And I'd heard some chatter about uh, Al Qaeda would test Obama as soon as he was sworn in or when he was elected, 
I was just wondering what your yeah, feelings Biden, are. Biden comments. said something. Joe Biden said something like that about uh, Obama being tested uh, early on in his campaign. And I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I think that he, I assume he's just speculating how, how and else. And, you know, a lot of that is the bravado of a politician trying to show that our guy is going to be strong and he'll be, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But there are a grab bag of, of points brought up there. And yeah. I think. Uh, one of the points is, first, I'd like just to mention that Obama's people are incredibly savvy. They were buying ad time in video games. These oh, that's people. pretty clever. That's, um, I mean, yeah, Obama doesn't represent change. Obama represents the same old socialism that we've been well, spoon-fed yeah. since uh, you know the early 1900s. I would only say that the only change he represents to me is a, a, a more rapidly increasing redistribution of wealth social world. Right, uh, but McCain, world. McCain is, is, is not change either. He's the same old national socialism. Exactly. Exactly. That we were seeing in this, in the form of God and country, and you know the fatherland, uh, the, the 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 foundation of fascism. I'm not talking about putting Jews in ovens. I'm talking about the foundations of fascism. Right. McCain, everything he said was like coming nation out of Mussolini, first, Mussolini's mouth. Yes, yes, so well said, Mark. Except so, it was in English. I, yeah, I don't think I think I think it's just a matter of. Uh, which side of your bread are you going to be uh, seeing buttered in a more increasingly fascist or socialist nature? I think you'll see uh, probably maybe some more moves by Obama to try to pare down some of the things that uh, that uh, Bush did in an unconstitutional fashion, supposedly to defend America. But you'll see an increase in, in fascism and socialism on regulations on business and redistribution of wealth. So, you know, it's six one half dozen or the other. And I'm sorry, but those six are rounds in a, in a, a bunch of barrels being fired at your wallet, you know. Hey, listen. Nathan? Listen. Uh, Nathaniel. Uh, yeah, well, Nathaniel. Uh, so, Nathan- uh, I'm sorry, uh, you would say Obama's more of the left-wing end of the New World Order then? and is that? I don't know what the New World Order is specifically. I mean, I've, I've heard the term used. I, I, I'm speculative of you know, those kind of things. So, you know, I'm, excuse me, skeptical, not speculative. Uh, skeptical of, of the whole New, York, New World Order thing. I mean, he's, the, he's a socialist. Definitely a socialist. Do you, would you would you consider McCain more communist or just a different wing of socialist? Na- national socialist. Uh, I, national. You know, I hate to throw the word around, but national socialists were what Mussolini was, what Franco was, what Hitler was, mm-hmm. what uh, Fra- uh, Francis Bellamy, who wrote the the Pledge of Allegiance to the United States, was. Yeah. It was very popular in the first half of the 1900s, uh, the 20th century. People essentially equate Nazis with killing Jews and. That wasn't what uh, fascism was in the beginning. Right. Fascism was national more of pride yeah, national pride. It was uh, this big thing with uh, you know the, cor- the the combining of government and uh, corporations together, the controlling of government by the rich and moneyed. Uh, you know, they, 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 lots of marching tunes and uh, propaganda to get people to think that oh, the government's great and it'll take care of all your problems. Nathaniel, I appreciate the call and uh, you know talking about Obama there. I think it's. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting to see how the how the nation's going to go here with uh, the new president and the direction uh, things are going to go. But uh, Adam from South Carolina has been holding on the line. Let's talk to Adam. Let's hey, talk to WSC. How you doing, Adam? Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Hey. Good. A uh, couple points I want to make. Um, one is the uh, thing with Ian. Can you go into a little bit about uh, what happened with him? He got contempt of court for what? Well, if you go to freekeen.com, you can see the video of uh, what happened to uh, Ian Bernard. or Freeman, I guess, is what he's going by now. Ian Freeman, uh, the, uh, the the normal host of the show. I'm usually the sidekick or the, the wingman or whatever you want to call me. 
Um, you can go to free talk, excuse me, uh, freekeen.com. You see that video. That judge went absolutely bat s crazy. Um, or he planned it, it from the beginning. Setup. Yeah. Uh, it was a setup. It was yeah. clearly a setup. Uh, but, you know, I, Ian's been, been uh, pulling the tail of the tiger for a while now, and uh, sometimes the tiger t- turns around and, and eats your butt. Yeah, and, and I think and it did. The, the, the deal is this. Uh, someone, and Mark can explain a little more, but it's about a couch that is on the, on the property. Ian owns, uh, owns a piece of property in the city of Keene, and there was a couch here that was here before he bought the property, if I recall. It's hard to say. I, I, whatever. I, it's so inconspicuous that I've, I've actually walked by it within you six don't even feet notice it. looking for it and didn't see it. Yeah, he's like, what? And, and some people sit out on it. They look at the birds on it, whatever. Some, they have uh, sublet renters here. decorated for... Halloween and, yeah. and so you know it's never you know sneaked up and bitten anybody or you know crossed the border or anything it's usually just for some a, reason sitting like the sofa does it's and a moldering piece someone, of garbage but yeah, still someone someone uh, evidently filed a complaint uh, they did not uh, show Ian the complaint uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I've got this right mark but they arrived at the house citing him with a, a fine or something like that and yeah, they, he would not pay the fine right so Ian uh, doing Ian's thing he essentially says uh, to the government people uh, screw you I do not listen to threats goodbye and so at some point or another he ends up in a court uh, in in the court this morning the judge decides that he is going to give somebody contempt of court uh he put a threat up on the wall saying if you don't stand for the judge you're going to be in contempt of court uh, the fact is ian was standing when the judge came in uh then he you know his name was called he was sitting down his name was called he stand he continues to stand up uh, you know st- begins to stand up again the judge says sit down sit down sit down has him in handcuffs within 7 seconds I, I, I didn't even know what was going on they had him just it was just done so quickly and i you know i got to say that I, my I, my belief is the judge intended to have Ian ha- in handcuffs and that way he would beg and grovel in order to get out of them he didn't. He got himself uh, a total of 90 days with three contempt charges by not uh, bowing down and kissing the ring sufficiently, and uh, he's in jail. Okay. Um, the other thing is, uh, unfortunately, we don't get you in Charleston uh, six nights a week. We only get you one night a week. Well, have you made some um, calls to the WSC? There you go. Well, we, we've got uh, something else from 6 and 9, the Dave Ramsey Show, which helps people to get out of debt. It's a great show. That, you know, the government doesn't need to bail you out. doesn't matter who's the president. It is. You have to pay your bills. And that's the only way to really get out of debt. I mean, simple as that. But the other thing is, uh, I've recently uh, gone into... Better hold the line. To- hold the line. 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. It's your show. Call in, well, you can't call in about talk about anything because, well, the show, this last segment. Yeah, and, unless uh, you want to call in and talk about running out lines, of time. Our lines are full, but uh, real quick, according to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. You can put a stop to email snooping in your business and out with privacyharbor.com. It's... Well, because normal email is not secure, you can get a free account at privacyharbor.com. If you've ever needed to send a private email in your business, outside of your business, privacyharbor.com is the way to go about doing it. They have a free account. It has, you know, limited capabilities. They have upgrades for money. Privacyharbor.com. So let's go to Adam. Um, Where was Adam calling from? South Carolina. Adam, you back? Yeah. You all still there? Yeah, Adam. 
Okay, hey. Um, yeah, I got a phone call today from uh, Chrysler Financial. It, it turns out I'm uh, 15 days past due on my account. I figure we're even. They explain, They asked me, how do you figure we're even? I said, well, you're getting $25 billion from the government from my tax dollars. <laughs> I figure we're even. Yeah, has said, that well, happened yet? I mean, that's not, that's not uh, a firm that Chrysler's not getting that money, right? Uh, well, it's not confirmed. They're going to talk but, about it on Monday. Yeah, it'll yeah. happen. Here about you know, Monday or Tuesday. I think that yeah. I think likely something's going to happen, and if they don't, if if they don't uh, announce that they're going to do it, they're just going to do it under the table. Everybody, yeah. they're going to sneak the money to the uh, and, the big three. Yeah. You know, but really, it comes down to well, what if what if Washington Mutual has uh, is holding your mortgage? Uh, you know, if you were paying because for, say you know you felt obligated to pay over time because well you said that you'd sign this yeah, contract, contract and everything. Sure. And then Washington Mutual gets bought up by J.P. Morgan, uh, and J.P. Morgan is getting $250 billion out of the, uh, the bailout system here. And, of, and of course, here. the FDIC purchased all the bad stuff that they had, so J.P. Is, Morgan's getting a lot of good stuff. Are you still obligated to pay your mortgage at that point? I mean, can't you – I, I think everybody who, had, who got a mortgage since 2000 is what they call underwater at this point. That means that their house is worth less than their mortgage they're paying for. I can tell you the mortgage that I have on the house in Florida that I uh, got as a rental – I, I'm not getting rent to pay enough uh, enough to pay the, the the mortgage payment, and the house is worth less than the mortgage that I've got on it. Would mm-hmm. I be wrong in letting it go now? JP Morgan just got 250 billion dollars that I'm forced to give them out of I assume tax money, right? Uh, I figure that's a pretty good uh, point to make. Yep. Well, that's kind of the Excellent. way I was thinking about it. I got a bunch of calls on the line. Appreciate it, Adam. Excellent. All right, so let's go to Gene calling on the amp line. Christian anarchist, Gene. Yep, that's him. Jim, hey, can you hear me? that's the one. Yeah, hey, I saw the video of uh, Ian in the lion's den, and uh, I think Le- Ian forgot his chair and his whip. But uh, <laughs> I do think that uh, what we talked about or what had been said before about people being concerned with the federal government coming into uh, New Hampshire and shutting down all the Liberty guys and rounding them all up is not really a concern because what's going to happen is the local politicians are going to try and shut down the liberty movement. And they're going to do it by, by roughhousing a few of you, throwing a few in, in jail, and letting people know that, uh, you know, that, if, that the same is in store for them. Well, I, Mark, think, I think a lot of these people want to get thrown in jail, quite honestly. And, Mark, you said it's inspiring more people to come more quickly, didn't you? That, I, that's night? what I've been getting emails in regards to. Well, what they're trying to do with Ian is they're trying to hurt him where it, where it hurts the most, which is his show. Yep. His show is his life. They're trying to take his show away from him. Yeah, that's an and excellent point. You know, you know as well as I do, this is going to hurt the show. So it, it's, it depends on whether the, the show can uh, can weather the storm. I, I, at I three months, I don't do think it's that big of a deal. Think about the Rush Limbaugh uh, situation. Rush Limbaugh got caught with, uh, I don't, supposedly, I don't know, Rush Limbaugh had some legal problems regarding oxycodone or something of that effect. But, and but he, Rush Limbaugh was not taken off the air for 90 days. Rush Limbaugh himself, he was. He took himself off of the air for a period of time. I don't know how long that was when he went to treatment. And that's significantly worse news from the point of view that, you know, like he's he's caught with drugs. Drugs are bad, right? And then right. he goes away but, for, I think, six weeks or something. I don't know how long it was, but it was a long period of time. But anyway, here's what you guys need to do out there in New Hampshire. And if I was there, I'd be helping you. You need to run somebody against this judge. Find out when he's up for election. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I've never, seen a judge, I've never seen a judge up for election here in New Hampshire. Yeah, they're appointed. They're appointed uh, by the governor. 
Well, that's not good news. No, it's a really bad situation. and uh, They need to be elected, and you need to be able to freely put somebody up against them. You, yeah. There is no judge elections there? No. It's all right. Wow. Appreciate okay, the input, well, Gene. So welcome, to, welcome to Live Free or Die Day, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. the input, uh, put Gene. Uh, let's, All right. Well, thanks. Thank thanks, you very Gene. much, sir. Great to talk to you. Uh-huh. Let's go to Paul in uh, California. I think so. Paul? Hey, Mark and Garth. Hey. Good to talk to you guys. How are you, sir? man? So, free all, free all political prisoners. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, there's some of them I, I don't okay. mind them being locked up. <laughs> well... Well, I'm, I'm not going to say. Uh, I know there's a lot of "I told you so"s in the air. I suspect, but uh, well, I, 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 I think I think clearly we need to formulate some some sort of action that is peaceful and won't trip people up legally, won't get them in trouble, but some way to really start irking these people in in, in the local government here, in the justice system here, and to get media exposure about this. Anybody who's heard about Ian's problem, if they've gone to freekeen.com, if they went over to Liberty Conspiracy, Ian's story is over at my website as well. I'm going to be do, devoting a part of my podcast to this tomorrow, hopefully when I get some time. Um, it, we're going to be uh, hopefully trying to come up with some really good ideas uh, to try to expose this on a greater level. And we don't know, as I mentioned last night, we don't know whether or not this is going to make people say that is a bad law or they will lean more towards where I stand and where Ian stands, that law is bad. But either way, it's well. At I think least laws are laws are bad. I just think that uh, in some cases we need, you know, a minimal more form of government. But that's just where we differ. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. And it's a great way for us to talk about it to get people to say, you know, which side am I on, and and how far can I push it? You know. So what you got to say, Paul? Yeah, the one thing one thing I would like to to support is you were talking a couple of days ago about uh, this concept of going to the grand jury and filing criminal charges against these people. I think that is an excellent avenue. Uh, it's risk-free because people, you know, all they have to do is swear out a, 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 you know, a statement of facts as they understand them. All you have to do is study the actual statutes of New Hampshire uh, and find out how many times this guy broke the law because these judges are always violating their own rules. And just have all the free state people go do a full court press on start filing criminal charges. And your response to Ian's incarceration would be, well, he was incarcerated because the judge is a criminal. Yep, absolutely. And here's the charges. Well, we don't know how much we don't. This, this is the thing. We don't know how much discretion the judge has for setting the parameters in his court and setting up what he would consider to be contempt of court. If they set this thing up, and I think other people were to see this video, if they could introduce this as evidence, I don't know. I'd love it if this could be brought up as as uh, on appeal. I don't know whether Ian would want to do that. Whether he would think that it was actually acquiescing to a system that he thinks is illegitimate. I don't know, but I think it would be great to bring it up. Well, I think it's worthwhile looking into the behavior of the judge and finding out what what laws he broke and filing criminal charges against him. Thanks, Paul. I think that's a great idea. I, I think and, it, I think and, that that's uh, one of the one of the best systems that's been proposed up to this point. I, I would let, leave that yeah. to someone else. And then if the prosecutor doesn't want to file those charges, then file charges against the prosecutor. <laughs> he's, you know, but you got you got to you got to study the rules. I know it's 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 kind of a, a you know. Kind of, kind of diving into the sewer there trying to read up on all that stuff but i think a i, I think it is a not maybe not the only but it is a methodology that looks like it has some degree of workability and it presents little risk to the person because you know they're you're you're, you're just filing the charges and anybody can file the charges yeah. It doesn't have to be you don't have to you don't even have to break the law to file the charges you just say hey i, I saw this crime thanks paul
Excellent. Right. Excellent. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, man. It is a great callers on, on on FTL, and I'm so glad I, got, I get to come in. I hate these circumstances. One but, real quick, I got uh, one minute here. Bile. Bile. How's it going? Hey, guard. Hey, Mark. Hi. Um, just wanted to real quick uh, mention a website I put up last night. Um, uh, jailedactivist.info. Jailedactivist.info. Okay. Yeah, it's got uh, one page up there for Ian right now. It gives the whole background of everything that happened. Um, it's got where he's located and how to contact him and all kinds of different information for anyone who wants to know exactly what happened and what's going on. I plan on expanding it to Ed Lauren, Canario, and other people, too. Good for you, man. You got the uh, Burks a Jerk uh, yard signs? I thought those were hilarious. Yeah, that was that was Laura. She did that. You know, Bile, you guys operate so swiftly. You know, people people are coming to me, they got to have T-shirts, they got to do something for Ian, and you guys are working on this stuff like that. It's incredible. M- mention the website once more so people all around the country can check this out, buddy. It's jailedactivist.info. And your website, Bile? is blogofbile.com. People, go there. It's awesome. Free Talk Live, you've been listening to the show. Uh, we'll be back Monday, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., Six days a week we do this. You can check it out at freetalklive.com. Call your local station. Ask them to carry the show if they're only carrying it on Saturday nights. It's been Mark with you. And guard. Have a good weekend. All right. Uh, That's my fault. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.